Hello and welcome to Animation Meditation, a semi-weekly deep dive podcast on all things animation. My name is Andy, I'll be your co-host for today. Uh, with me as always, my lovely co-host Nadia. Hello! How are you doing, Nadia? I am good. Today is Valentine's Day, which pretty much just means I have decided it is a day where we are going to eat lots of good food. So I'm very happy with that. You know, I've definitely heard worse ways to spend Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's good food day. It is, hello, yes, I will spend money and eat out, and that is okay. Except by eat out, I mean pick it up and eat it at home. Because of the pandemic. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. All right. Well, this week we will be discussing Cars. Yeah. 3. I'm very excited. I'm very mostly, excited. Mostly because I believe Cars has somehow come up in almost every episode. I so have a far. lot of feelings about Cars, and I'm very excited to finally get it all out because now it maybe won't come up every time we talk about something else, and I feel the need to bring it back to how much I love Cars. No, I, I doubt that that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what has been your experience with the Cars franchise? Well, let me tell you. I, you know, when I was a kid, I, I always saw every new Pixar movie in theaters. That was like, you know, a big thing. I, my family loved animated films. Pixar always did good stuff. So I remember seeing pretty much every Pixar film that's come out, um, <laughs> In the theater, so I remember seeing Cars 1. I remember really enjoying it as a kid, not expecting to as much as I did, because I was like, all right, sure, Cars, that's interesting, but whatever. And I loved it. I loved it so much. It became one of my, like, favorite comfort Pixar films. Um, Whenever I was homesick or I wasn't feeling good, I would always be like, you know what I gotta watch? I gotta watch Cars, and it always made me feel better. I will defend it. With my last breath, I think it is a totally underrated Pixar movie. I'm getting super revved up and sweaty right now because I just love it so much. And I remember when Cars 2 came out, I was like, I, you know, heard it got awful reviews, so I didn't even, I didn't see it at all. I was like, all right, whatever, like, they're just trying to make money with the sequel. It's not going to be good, so I will completely ignore it and just live in my little Cars 1 universe where it is a lovely, wonderful film. And then I remember... The trailer for the third one came out, and it came out much later. I think I was in, I think it was my senior year of college. Yeah, this came out in 2017. Yeah, so I remember someone being like, have you seen the Cars 3 trailer? And I was like, no, why would I care? Like, you know, Cars 2 is awful. I can't imagine the third one is going to be much better. And they showed it to me, and I remember just being like, wait, what? Because the entire trailer is this, like, hype. It's a hyper-realistic, you can see all the cars racing, and then you just see this moment where lightning like crashes and that's the entire trailer and I was like what and I heard that it was actually supposed to be pretty good um so it was something that I've been interested in seeing but I haven't really been able to get anyone who really wants to see it with me because again I'm probably somebody who likes the Cars movie more than most people so getting someone to watch the third one with me wasn't particularly easy so I wound up just never seeing it but wanting to, and then when you gifted me with the fact that we were going to be recording our podcast on Cars 3, I was like, sweet! Um, So I went to go watch it, and I was very pleasantly surprised by the experience of seeing the film. It's definitely never going to be a Cars 1 for me. Like, the first one is just such a, like, lovely, 
comfort. I just love it so much. But I did very much enjoy watching the third one, so I'm glad that I did. Ooh, also, just very briefly, yeah, just to solidify how much I love cars, uh, when I moved into my apartment after graduating, because my birthday is over the summer, so we threw, my friends threw a birthday party for me, and kind of like, also like a yay, new apartment, um, and they threw me a Cars-themed birthday, so they got like the like Cars paper plate, they got little Cars plastic cups, they made a Lightning McQueen cake, um, and we all played Cars Sorry, and we like set up like a, a runner Aww. in our hallway that looked like a street, so pretty much I love Cars, but I also would like to take this moment to pug plug public transportation and to say that my love of cars the film does not correspond with my love of cars the vehicle because my heart and soul lies in public transportation thank Ah, you that's yes as it should just just to clarify i always feel a little bit guilty when i'm like i love cars and i'm like not the vehicle the movie so just to (laughs) you know put that out there yes Yes, I had a I had a very similar experience. I remember I remember when Cars came out, and I was also in the the same mindset of wanting to see every Pixar film and going out of my way to see this one. And I I genuinely liked it. I I think it was a film that was quite good at the time. I I do agree that it gets a lot more grief than it should, but I don't think it is anywhere near the best Pixar film. Well, you and I can agree to disagree on that in that uh, general area. (laughs) (laughs) I think you may be looking at this through some nostalgia-covered glasses and may want to revisit the film at some Um, point. I have, Andy, and I will continue to defend it. It is a wonderful, beautiful film with a very simple plot that is really just there to build beautiful relationships and character development, and that's all I want in a film. That's all I wanted to show. Like, I am here for the character growth and the character development, and that's pretty much all you get in Cars. Like, there isn't a hoity-toity villain. There isn't this, like, you know, race against whoever, whatever antagonist they create and whatever protagonist, which is pretty much what you get in most films these days. It's really hard to find a movie that doesn't actually have a villain. And this is one that doesn't, which is so rare and so beautiful because it means all of the focus and energy in the film is creating a circumstance where the character's growth isn't because of some antagonist, it's growth against themselves. Because really, I guess you could say the antagonist within this within Cars is, you know, Lightning's own ego that he has to work against and grow and develop within Radiator Springs. And that's that's lovely. Like, you don't get that anymore. And I don't think that people give Cars the credit for the, like, truly original and lovely and emotionally vibrant film that it is. And I will die on this pedestal. I don't entirely disagree with all of that. Cars definitely has its issues. Which are? I, I am... I... <laughs> Which are, Andy? We're not talking about Cars <laughs> 1 right now. That's fair. But, and we can get more into this during <laughs> the spoiler section, I do think Cars 3 and Cars 1 have very similar structures, and their strengths and weaknesses are pretty close to identical. I, I am a, Oh my god, that wasn't a sentence. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that, is what I was trying to say. Or my mouth went all wonky. 
<laughs> and yeah, I, I can definitely I can definitely see that. Um, that being said, I would definitely put this film over the first Cars film. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but we can... I think that this is a better film for one very specific reason. I'm... Is this going to be a spoilers reason or a reason that you can share with me now? This would be a spoilers reason. Okay, well, reason. then we will get there, and I'm already smiling because I'm excited to argue with you about it. Or maybe uh, agree yes. and have my worldview just completely shattered because of how <laughs> much I've put a stock in my identity being that I am a person who loves Cars 1. So... Well, maybe you just love the Cars franchise, and we'll have to sit through Cars 2 to really, like, really, really steep that one in. I will not have Cars 2 taint my love of Cars 1 and Cars 3, but also maybe I will. I also didn't realize the number of shorts that there are when I was, because, you know, Cars is on Disney+, Plus, um, and I was looking at all the different car shorts, and I was really excited. I was going to watch all of them, but then I didn't have time. And I was also like, maybe I should just focus on Cars 3 because I'll probably go off track so much talking about Cars 1 that I don't also have to go off track talking about all of the individual Cars shorts. But I know they're there and I'm going to watch them. Can we can we talk about just how buried Cars 2 is and everything? Cars 2 is the thing that we don't talk about is kind of what I've no, but like if you like like when I was pulling up this film and I searched cars, you get cars one, you get cars three, you get Herbie Hancock reloaded, you get the car shorts, you get some other car related film, and then you get cars. So two. they know is pretty much what Disney <laughs> Disney knows. They're like, hey, hey, maybe maybe don't watch the second film. Thanks. <laughs> maybe maybe we just uh, don't want to admit that this one yeah, exists. Yeah, which is okay. You know what? I am all for that because... But even the same thing... Yeah, but I think it's... Even the Sorry, same... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I please. was just going to say, I think it's... But I even the same thing... <laughs> I think it's good because the whole reason why I didn't watch Cars 3 was because I heard that Cars 2 was so awful, so I just assumed that they weren't capable of making another good film within the franchise, which I think is, like, we've talked about with Shrek 4 is what happened there. Like, Shrek 3 was so awful that people just totally dismissed the fourth film, even though it's actually a really wonderful movie, and that's kind of what I expected from Cars 3. So at least they acknowledge it. Because now maybe more people will watch Cars 1 and not Cars 2. Or they'll watch Cars 3 and not Cars 2. Because I, I have not seen Cars 2, but from what I've heard, like, the third one just doesn't acknowledge the second movie at all. Yes, that is, that is absolutely correct. So that's correct. good. How do you feel about watching Cars 2 Oh, eventually? I would 100% watch Cars 2 eventually. I've wanted to. I think it's oh, sometimes it's fun to just watch a bad movie. And especially, like... I want to know what's so awful about it. I want to solidify that for myself. And then maybe... Would, would, have you? Do you know anything about Cars 2? I know Cars literally 2? nothing, except for when it came out, I remember being okay. like, oh, Cars 2. And I just remember my dad being like, it got awful reviews. It's just supposed to be really loud. And that's all I know. Would you Would you like a quick synopsis and see if this is uh, something that you would be yes, interested in? Yes, please tell me. All right. So let's say, let's say we took a film and we placed it in the Cars franchise. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, yeah, Lightning McQueen's a real good character. What if we didn't have him in the film at all? Wait. <laughs> and what if instead 
follow Mater as he accidentally becomes an international super spy and topples a conglomerate. So, I feel like you were trying to read that to me for me to say it's awful, but honestly, that sounds really funny. No, no, I was I was not trying to read that as though it were, it were going to that be sounds... bad. Well, mostly the bad part is that we have to spend two hours with Mater. I like Mater. Are you trying to poop on Mater right now? Are we going to have to argue over Mater? I don't know. I don't I... know if I will like Mater in the second film, but I think that Mater is so wholesome and sweet in the first one. I think there needs to be... A limit to how much Mater I have. I think that that's fair, and I think that he works really well in the first film because his role is to really balance out lightning, and like he's there, and he's not the focus, but he's he's like sweet and friendly and and kind, and is sort of like the only one who isn't initially put off by lightning's behavior, which also makes me very mad that. The second film starts with Lightning being a butt face because the whole point of the first film is that he's become a better friend. So I do not want to see that regression in his character development. That is the entire reason why I love the first Cars film. Thank you very much. I do do have to say, when I was watching Cars 3 and I was taking notes for this specific (laughs) episode, I did write down, oh, this film has a nice amount of Mater. Like, he's, he's there, he's evident, he's not trying to take over the comedy, but he's relevant to some yeah degree. and like if you look at you know pixar films mater is kind of like the goofy sidekick that they all have but then but 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 then mater got in his second getter done and i erased that immediately. wait he got in his what <laughs> second getter done oh like when he says it so yeah so you <laughs> so just that one line makes you not like mater the second instance of that one <laughs> line, yes. Well, how familiar are you with Larry the Cable Guy? Not very much at all. Okay, so Larry the Cable Guy is a redneck comedian who is known for saying the phrase, get her done. Oh. So him, the, the Mater inserting that line into the film very much takes at least me directly out of the film because it is a direct reference to that character's voice actor's line. Oh, I oh, so it's voiced. He's voiced by the same guy. Oh, yep. see, I didn't know that, and I do get that, but I still think that Mater is sweet. I do think I do think that the summary you've given me for the second film would be a very good short. I can see how it as a movie might be like, <laughs> but would not it be like a film. lot. But also, like, who knows? Maybe I'll watch it and then I can also defend Cars too. But I am, you know. I would love to see you defend. <laughs> it's probably Cars really, it's please, probably really bad. But I'm gonna make this a birthday gift to okay, myself. I is make you defend. You know Cars what? Too. I I taught AP Lang. Which is, of course, all about rhetoric. So maybe, maybe for your birthday, I can I can just put aside my own actual feelings, and I can just sit here and I can play devil's advocate and just defend cars with everything that I have, everything that I have, which is quite a lot. I can get very passionate about cars specifically. So, 
you know, cars in terms of the, the movie is great, and also cars in terms of please get rid of them, we need more trains. I can do either. I am here for both of those. But yes, I mean, Cars, Cars 3, I will happily defend. I think the, the film is as good, if not better than yes, the first. Yes, it is very, very sweet. And I think it also intentionally pulls a lot of parallels between the first film and the third one, which we can talk about a little bit more in the spoiler section, because I don't want to give that away. But it, it did definitely feel much more like a like an homage to the first film rather than a just kind of spinoff like Cars 2, I guess, probably felt like. Um, like it felt like it really was bringing the story full circle, um, in a very intentional and I thought very sweet way. Yeah, it absolutely tries to close all the loops that were generated from the first film and really give Lightning a a nice send off. Yeah, absolutely. Per se, absolutely. I totally agree. I think that this is a really fantastic kind of end to the franchise i say and like god knows maybe they're gonna make another one but hopefully this is a nice end to the franchise um i i don't think they're gonna yeah make another i'm one. i'm good with i, I think they've, yeah i think we've gotten i think i think they made cars 3 specifically because someone had this story to tell i don't think they intended on actually making money off mm-hmm. this film which is always, I mean, that's the what you get the best out of. I think that's probably why Cars 2 did so bad, because they probably get so much money from merchandising that they were like, all right, better, you know, continue this hype. And Well, if, if you think about it, this is easily one of Pixar's easiest to merchandise franchises. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's literally just race cars. We make race yeah. cars. I think, like... The only thing that probably beats it out is Toy yeah. Story, because it's literally about yeah, toys. Yeah, I totally agree. But... I, <laughs> I also, can we just talk about how <laughs> the film even, like, kind of acknowledges that? Because a whole part of the movie, and this isn't really a big spoiler thing, but, you know, they're, they're talking about merchandising lightning within the context of the Cars universe, which I thought was so funny, because it also applied to merchandising lightning in just, like, our universe, and oh, I absolutely! That was so funny. And I think one thing that really got me to watch this film was the fact that it wasn't really marketed or written for a younger. Yeah, audience. I have a note about that. I, I really, you can tell. I think you can tell that a sequel is going to be good when it is released at a time when the audience for the first film has grown and the theme of that second film now matches the age of that initial audience like i i get most excited about sequels that are released far after the first film because for me that shows that they're not just trying to live off of the hype of the first one and you know make it to make money but it shows that they have a story that they're again they wanted to tell and they're willing to revisit because of the story and not because of the money And I think specifically when that film matches the new age of the audience, and I think Toy Story um, does this pretty well in terms of sort of the topics of the films as they age. But, like, Cars definitely did this too. It felt like a movie for me (laughs) as a Cars fan who is an adult and who is grappling with a lot of the sort of adult struggles that Lightning is going through as an older racer. Absolutely. You definitely 
get the it definitely talks to you as an adult and tries to give you these themes that are much more focused on someone who is currently in their respective field or towards the end of their respective field and it's it's definitely it's much appreciated from a yeah, Pixar film. I totally honestly. agree. But I think it also does a good job of still captivating a younger audience. Like you can tell that this was written in terms of theme and in terms of focus for an adult audience, but it still has this sort of anticipation of who's going to win the race and these exciting montages of them learning and growing and, you know, like, you know, the whole sports training montage film and sort of these wacky experiences that they go through and these interesting characters. So I, I think that it, while the writing speaks to an older audience, the film is still very much enjoyable for, you know, kids who might be interested in cars as kids too. Do you want to end with a brief summary of the third film and then we can get into spoilers or I mean recommendations? Sure. Oh, I, the one thing I did want to bring up was the the trailer oh, that you yeah. had mentioned. That trailer had seen some um That trailer was a bit controversial. Really? I remember because I remember well, I'm very excited to hear about this, but I remember it being showed to me in terms of like holy heck look how different this is from the marketing of, like, the first and second films. And I remember watching it and being like, whoa, you're right, because it was super short. It didn't give any information on the plot, except for something that happens in the, you know, very beginning of the film. And I remember it was presented to me in terms of, like, the attention of the shift in animation, because it was, it the scenes that they chose made it look hyper-realistic. Like, we didn't get a lot of the scenes with the car's faces and sort of, like, emotive characteristics. It was very much, like, the car's racing and then the crash. Yes. Yes. The One of the biggest issues with that is that it was viewed as... It was viewed as a potential spoiler for the film. It was very heavily implied in that trailer that Lightning McQueen had died. Oh. I can see I can see that. And a lot of people believed that this was going to be how the film oh, ended. Oh god. Yeah. It was it was a very very dark. That's interesting cuz I I mean when I saw it I just assumed which was also a wrong assumption that it was going to be like this whole film about his process of recovery, which it isn't really in terms of the fact that like we don't spend a whole lot of time with him being necessarily physically injured because again they are at the end of the day cars so like obviously recovery is different from say like a human being hmm but that is interesting it does definitely show a shift in their marketing though which for me was like like, spoiler or not, I was like, oh, okay, this film is going in a very different direction from Cars 2. Like, it seemed like they were very much trying to separate it from that second film just in terms of the way it was marketed and who it was clearly marketed for. So that, like, regardless of whether or not I thought it was a spoiler or what I thought the movie was going to be about, that did initially draw my attention. I was like, oh, I'll give this more thought than I would otherwise have. This looks different. Yes, and it it was extremely different. The... the from memory, this is one of the only trailers that I remember depicting such a dark point in a main character's yeah. life. Yeah. Without really delving into any other aspect of that character's 
story and journey for the film that, yeah, that is which being again, advertised. You know, re-solidifies the fact that this was a film made for people who had seen and cared about Cars 1. Because if you just see that trailer not knowing anything about the movies, you're like, okay, wow, some animated Cars, cool. But like, I remember seeing, <laughs> I remember seeing that trailer and like, literally, I remember my heart, like, like, I was upset. I was vi- I was visibly upset after seeing that trailer. <laughs> and I can understand yeah, why you I, would be. I guess we can put this in the non-spoilers part because, again, it is in the trailer. But, yes, this film did make me cry. And, yes, that specific scene was the scene that made me cry. <laughs> like, I, I cried the same way I do when, like, a character in a film that I care about dies. And I knew that he wasn't going to die because again i i like didn't think that was going to be the focus of the film um but like i got i got so emotional because i was thinking about you know like lightning and like this shift in his path and i was also thinking about all of the people who love and care about him who are watching this happen and like how how scared like all the other cars would be (laughs) like it it got me really worked up (sighs) oh Did it make you cry? Oh, we're doing this pre-spoilers well, now? I, I'm... What if my what if my cry okay. was a spoiler? I didn't huh? ask if you cried later. I asked if you cried in that scene. Oh. Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. I am excited to hear about what you cry later. But again, we can put that in the spoiler section. Honestly, well, A, it was revealed in the trailer that this I know, but it's, still, but, B, but it's still made me... I can still be upset, Andy. <laughs> I can cry during a trailer and but, the movie, thank you very much. <laughs> but also, B, the events that led into him doing this, while not necessarily 100% his fault, were somewhat his fault. I mean, yes, but... And like, we can go further into this in the spoiler section, but it's it's not necessarily... Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't call that powers outside of his control no but also a lot of the times that characters in any film die or get hurt it's not like it's a total accident you know like you could even argue like this is totally random please cut this out of it doesn't make any sense but like you could argue that in the last harry potter film which does make me cry every time those characters deaths are their fault like they chose to go to war but it still makes me upset when they die because of their choices well no no they did not choose to go to war a war had occurred, and they, if do, if nothing were to happen, would still probably meet a you gruesome death. You know what? Death. That's true, but I still stand by the fact that no I'm one, allowed to cry. No one, for there was no villain that forced Lightning to but do what he did. But as we've already established, the villain really in the Cars universe is Lightning's own ego. So it was interesting to see that come back in the beginning of the third film. If we're looking at the thing that catalyzes the negative outcome right so like thematically it makes sense yes for those who have not watched the film uh cars 3 follows lightning mcqueen who at this point is at the top of his game until a new generation of racer shows up uh, in an attempt to keep up with this new racer lightning makes a rather risky maneuver and this causes him to get in a horrible car accident that potentially jeopardizes his future in racing. 
And from there, the entire story hinges on whether or not he has to come to terms with whether he's going to continue to race or not. It is on Disney+. And I highly recommend you give it a watch. I also highly recommend that you watch Cars 1. I also highly recommend (laughs) that you do not watch Cars 2. You haven't seen it. That you is... can't give me any recommendations <laughs> on either end. I thought you were defending Cars uh, too. Yes, but that is my gift to you, not my gift to, to our viewers. If you, if you are allowed to have one thing, it is a full, <laughs> wholehearted recommendation of the entire Cars <laughs> franchise or none of it. Uh, let me rescind my previous statement and suggest that everyone <laughs> goes and watches Cars 1, 2, and 3 per Andy's request. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa! You take my name out of this. This is all you. It's true. You can blame. You can blame me. I love. I love Cars very dearly. Please watch Cars One. I do very much recommend Cars Three. It was a delightful surprise. I'm glad that I watched it. It doesn't hold the same sentimental value that Cars One does, but you know, as Andy mentioned, it draws a lot of really wonderful parallels to the first film. It is a really wonderful sort of full circle. Um, story to the first film. It does a beautiful job of wrapping up the franchise and also of telling a story that very clearly the people telling cared a great deal about. Um, so I think it was very fun. I think it was very sweet. I I thought it did a great job of bringing a new story to light while kind of building off of a lot of structures from the first film in a way that rather than feeling like copying, really felt like they were kind of paying respect to, to the first movie itself. Yes, I can I can absolutely agree with all of that. I would absolutely recommend this film if you were a fan of the first Cars, as was established here. I, I definitely think this is much closer to like a traditional sports film. Yes. Like your Rocky or your... I can't think of another sports <laughs> film. Clearly. Because I don't clearly watch a whole lot you know, of sports your, your good old sports films like The Sandlot, uh, you know, yeah, there we Mighty go Ducks, <laughs> Space Jam, the, the classics, the classic. Uh, is, space, is Space Jam a I sports mean, is film? The sand, is The Sandlot a sports film or is it about a bunch of kids trying to get a ball back? What's a sports? It is when... You go, yay, because the ball has gone where it needs to go. So, what ball is involved in Cars 3? Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I didn't think yeah. that statement through. I mean, is NASCAR even a sport, or is it an affront to nature? I, I would argue NASCAR but is a sport. But is it a good sport? I mean, that's a completely different question. Not to hit on people who like NASCAR, but as I've already stated, I may like Cars the movie. Well, I do no, not like no. Cars the No, I would thing. absolutely call NASCAR a sport, and I think that this film specifically makes a very good argument as to why that, that is. That is very true. I, what I like about the movie Cars is that I love the movie Cars, despite the fact that I do not like racing cars. And I do not like actual cars. So, for a film to get me as on board as this film does, despite the fact that I don't actually like many of the elements of it, 
speaks to what a beautiful story it tells. So as Andy said. Yes, I do think this film definitely puts a lot more emphasis on what is important in racing and NASCAR in general than the first film yes. does. And I think that's probably why I honestly like the first film more. Like I'm very interested to see why you think the third you like the third one better. But for me, I think just the focus of the first film in terms of like, you know, the small town and community and these sort of individual characters, like that is the story that I care a little bit more about than kind of this one in terms of the racing. And I know that that isn't necessarily the focus of the story. Like it is really very much about lightning coming to terms with like what it means to, to have autonomy over his life and what it means to really find happiness and what his role within this world that he's a part of is. But I still just kind of like the setting of the small town Radiator Springs is one that I like. So to wrap up this section, as Andy said, if you liked Cars 1, watch yes, Cars it, it, 3. If you did not like Cars 1, freaking check yourself, rewatch Cars 1 and realize that it is a beautiful film <laughs> and that you do in fact love it and then watch Cars 3. I think, you, I think you're putting words in my mouth. That is exactly what you've said. I do, I do think you might be putting a few words about it. As Andy here. has said, if you liked Cars 1... I, I, as, said, I said the first Andy half of said, this. As Andy has said, if you liked Cars 1, watch Cars 3. I will put my stamp of approval as on the Nadia first half As Nadia has this. said, if you didn't like Cars 1, frickin' check yourself. Go back, watch Cars 1, realize that it is a beautiful, wonderful film, and then rewatch and enjoy Cars 3. So... <laughs> I think that was a good time to get into the spoiler section, since it sounds like we want to discuss some very specific aspects of <laughs> I'm this ready. film. Uh, so moving forward, we will be discussing Cars 3 with a fairly spoiler-heavy mindset. Uh, this film, honestly, is extremely predictable. Oh, yeah. And in terms of spoilers... You'll you'll figure it out within like the first half hour of the film anyway. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like it's still it's still a good film if you like to go into these things without knowing anything of the film or without itself. Having our opinions please. tainting tainting your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please go watch it. It's available on Disney Plus. All right. Yeah. Spoilers. I think, and this this might be a hot okay. take, but. I think Cars 3 is literally... And this this is the one change that I feel makes this film better than Cars okay. 1. And I think that Cars 3 is not necessarily beat for beat, but it is functionally a retelling of the first yep. film, but from Doc's perspective. I kind of see that, but could, could you explain that a little bit further? So... Cars 3 is really lightning coming to terms with allowing the next generation to really take up the helm and accepting that through his experience and through his knowledge of racing in general that he makes a much better mentor at this point in his life. I think Cars 1 has that same story in it, but you you lose a lot of the getting to know the mentor figure and getting to know how they got to where they got because you are following the film from 
the newcomer's perspective as opposed to the mentor's perspective. So you think the shift in perspective from student to teacher is what makes the second film stronger? Okay, yes. I think that's interesting. Um, I do agree with that in terms of sort of we don't get as much Doc within the first film in terms of his journey, which is why I think that these two films work really beautifully in tandem because we learn so much about Doc Doc's experience through Lightnings because really, like you said, this is a film where Lightning is shifting into that position that Doc filled for him. Um, so through Lightning's journey to become the mentor, we better understand what it was like for Doc. Which, so, I mean, I don't, again, I will defend Cars 1 to my dying breath, but I do see how that creates a different film, and I also see how it creates a really beautiful second film in terms of them working really beautifully together as a initial and a sequel. You mean third film? Um... I, I thought we were defending the Cars franchise as a whole. I, I didn't realize that we were just... Well, uh, <laughs> as we were talking about Lightning, I don't think this is the place to talk about Cars 2, because I knew that he isn't in that film very much. So, um, but I do definitely see that. I, I do want to add that I think thematically, because it ends with Lightning also saying that he's not going to give up racing yet. Like, he he's going to continue to do it. Um, So I don't... I think it's, I mean, it is about him realizing that he can, in addition, be a mentor, but I don't think it was necessarily him realizing that he's, you know, moving on to this complete next step. I think it's him realizing that if he does, he is now ready to do it because it is a choice that he's able to make, not something he's forced to do. So it is about his growth into a mentor, but it's also about his maintaining autonomy which i think is an interesting part of adulthood that we don't really talk about and it's been like very weirdly difficult for me to grasp because as a kid you just kind of assume that adults have all of this power over their lives like that's just that's what you think you're like oh well, when you become an adult like you get to make all the choices you get to do whatever you want and then as you go through this process of becoming an adult you realize all of these different forces and structures that kind of push you into specific directions and you start to realize the things that you do and do not have control over. And then as an adult, actively trying to regain that autonomy over what you want to be and who you want to become is a process. I think I'm going off topic here, but I, I just, I really appreciated that as a focus to the second film. I think that it's something we don't, we don't talk a lot no, about. No, and I think it's, it's great. It's genuinely Yeah, which great. is super interesting. I now think that Cars 1 and Cars 3 will become my comfort pair. So that when I'm not feeling good, I can watch <laughs> Cars 1, and then I can honor that by then watching Cars 3 and having this wonderful, complete story, because it really is a lovely journey. I'm sorry, I thought... Wait, no, if you want a wonderful, complete story, you can't just skip well, 1 Well, I'm here for three. a lightning story, so I don't <laughs> think I need the detour... Or here, you know, here's what can happen. If I'm not feeling good, I can watch Cars 1, I can get sleepy and tired, I can have Cars 2, which is the thing that I semi-watch as I drift off to sleep, and then I can wake up well-rested and feeling better for the culmination of the franchise in Cars 3. 
And that is why this is a perfect film to watch if you're sick. <laughs> the pacing is just exquisite. It really gets you where you need to be if you're not feeling well. I can't wait for our next conversation where you tell me you actually sat down and watched Cars 2 and that it was amazing and you're going to defend it with your life. I'm honestly, at this point, like, who knows? Who knows what will happen? Maybe I will love Cars 2. Maybe I'll hate it and it will crush my soul and it will make me feel very bad because it is a franchise I've defended with all of my heart and soul. But, um, yeah, I think the story is, a is like you said, like, the, the plot is predictable, and that's okay for me. Like, I, you no, know, I didn't absolutely need the is. surprise of what was going to happen. Like, of course, I didn't expect necessarily the ending to end the way it did in terms of him switching out with Cruz. But again, I don't know anything about racing. So, like, I don't even know if that's the thing that actually happens. But I wasn't thinking about that. But you know, at the end of the day, he's going to win. He's going to, in some way, have choice over his racing. And we know that Cruz is going to kind of step in and become this become have the chance to become a racer um i think but yeah that's like the point isn't that you necessarily so you you did not you did not know going into that big race that lightning would have Cruz take up his mantle is that a thing that happens in racing is that even allowed like i I don't (laughs) Well, I, I fully I fully expected Cruz to do the race from the start. Oh. I think the moment the moment they had that scene on the beach and they even acknowledge it in the film that like Lightning wasted that entire day functionally training Cruz on how to cruise through the beach. Ayo <laughs> <laughs> Nice one. <laughs> It, it felt like if this film did not turn into Lightning takes up the mentor position for Cruz and Cruz is the one to actually become the racer, that that scene and nearly every scene after it are kind of just narratively wasted. Well, I knew wasted. That, that that was what was going to happen, but I honestly expected it to be that he was going to, to win the race just himself. And realized that, like, the thing that he wanted was not necessarily to continue racing, but to have the choice on whether to or to not continue. So I thought he would win, and then functionally he would be like, hey, you know, this isn't necessarily something I want to do anymore, and that's okay. And now I'm going to dedicate my time to building crews up and giving her this chance to to be in the spotlight. I didn't expect it to happen in terms of that specific race, but I did expect it to happen in terms of the outcome of that race would lead to him mentoring her. But like, you know, if I had looked at how much time in the film was left during the race, I okay. probably would have been like, oh, okay, something's got to happen here. But, you know, I wasn't looking at that. I think when I when I initially watched it, I recognized that it was a retelling of the first film. And in my mind, I had inset like this, there's a very important scene in the first film where lightning is in that final race and then he hears doc's voice through his headset and i was like that scene has to occur That's in this fair. film so um, Cruz which again has i to did race. really love i remember when i when i started the third film and it opens with lightning doing the exact same thing that he does in the first with him in his little cabin being like speed i am speed um i remember being like oh boy 
Yeah, I thought that was, like, really sweet and really lovely. And then throughout the film, you have all these other parallels in terms of, you know, him racing in the sand. You have the parallel in terms of him teaching somebody else how to how to race in a new environment. You have a, the exact moment where he literally yells at Cruz, turn right to go left! And she's like, what does that even mean? And, like, you know, that's something that Doc taught him. And then you have sort of... You have... You even have a scene where they're, like, running, you know, through the cows, which you don't exactly get in the first one, but, like, you kind of get when they're running away from the, like, the, the tractor. Um, and then you have the, uh, the like, beautiful scene where, where you see Lightning sitting with the headset in the exact same position that Doc was speaking and motivating Cruz. And then you have the moment where she overtakes the competition. And it's essentially offered, you know, the the signing with Dinoco, and that's something that Lightning turns down in the first one, and she's able to take on the mantle of in the in the third. Um, but yeah, really, lo- I just really lovely parallels. I think it's also really exciting to see the development of a character, because in the first film, it's really him sort of growing out of his ego, but then and learning how to how to help you know that's he learns how to care about others and care about radiator springs and then in the third film you get to see him really become the teacher and really start to put somebody else before himself like he's not just caring for somebody and also caring for racing he is caring about her more than he is caring about racing because functionally they were like he was surprised when he also showed up on the leaderboard as somebody who had won he fully expected that to be the end of his career when he told her to go in for him i think and please correct me if i'm wrong again i know nothing about racing but neither do i in terms of their (laughs) react yeah in terms of their reactions i kind of assumed oh this isn't something he expected so when he chose to leave the track he was also choosing to leave racing behind to give her the opportunity to do it in his stead which is beautiful and very sweet. Also, as somebody who cares a lot about education and mentoring, I I don't know, it's just always exciting when you see someone be excited to do that. Because I always get a little bit, I don't know, and like you kind of get this with Cruz too, this whole trope of like, well, I couldn't actually do the thing I want to do, so I'm going <laughs> to teach others how to do it. And I think that that's something that's said about teachers all the time. Like there's that whole thing, if you can't do, you teach, which is total baloney. Um and not why a lot of people and you had that with soul too and i was like why is this a thing that we have where people who are teaching are only teaching because they weren't able to do the thing they wanted to do like be a musician or be a racer but that's aside the point that's another rant that i could go off about but with lightning you really see him choosing to be a mentor he he could have raced he was doing well but he is actively deciding I would rather mentor than race, not I'm going to mentor because I can't race. And I, that I really liked. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's not like, he was only being beaten up by one or two cars at the time. Yeah. He, he wasn't, he would still consistently come in like the top five regardless. Yeah. But so I, I, I looked it up. <laughs> oh, good. It looks like in, in NASCAR, you are able to change out drivers. It is... Okay. It is something that is commonplace in the sport. Okay. Uh, and the driver who starts the race still earns all of the 
points, statistics, and winnings from the from the okay. race. Interesting. I didn't know However, oh. you can't just change out the full. Card. Well, yes, but you can't exactly just change out <laughs> the race. How horrifying would that have been in card three if you had this horrible scene where like. <laughs> Where, like, the essence of lightning was torn from his, like, chassis, and, like, Cruz was shoved inside of him. Oh, that would have been... How horrifying would it have been if it was just an ordinary person who just came out of this car? <laughs> like, that, you take it. That would have been so much better. I... I, like, if it had been the same scene, but he'd pulled over... And his door had just opened and somebody casually came out. Like, yeah, of course there's somebody in these cars. And just switched with Cruz. Oh my <laughs> god. I wish that I knew anything about animation because I really, really want to make that. I really want to make that scene. <laughs> That's hysterical. Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. But yeah, horrifying. So I get, I get why they changed the context of that rule for this film, because you know, cars. I think spiritually they didn't change the the they, rule. Yeah, exactly. They think, they did a good job of making yeah. it apply to the universe and having it, you know, be this. Be, it made it made sense. It did make sense. So had I known anything about NASCAR, I probably then would have predicted that that would happen in the race. But as I've established. I do not. I mean, I know I know nothing about NASCAR, and I was still in that in that mindset. Well, you know what, Andy? I was I was in the mindset of Cruz would take up the race from the start, and then the race started, and I was like, Cruz is getting in there some at some point. Okay, it's gotta happen. So you get the award for prediction today. That is a new part of our podcast. Every day we are going to award the other with something, and you win! Yay! You saw it coming. The the sight coming award. You, you, you get the sight coming award, and I get the girl you knew it was coming and you still cried award. <laughs> so <laughs> you get the you, you didn't see it coming. You were shown it. Yeah, <laughs> and it still got you. Yep, exactly. You were waiting in anticipation, and you knew what would happen, and when it did, you still cried, you little lady. That's my award. Um, so yeah. I very much liked the way that it ended. I thought it was very sweet. I really enjoyed Lightning's relationship with Cruz as it kind of developed. Um... What did you what did you think of the the Nathan Fillion character? Oh my god. Okay. So, I don't know what it is. I was very I didn't know that he was going to be in the movie and I got very excited as soon as the car started talking. I was like, "Oh my dear god, that's Nathan Fillion." Um and this this movie made me realize how smarmy his voice is because from the very beginning I was like, "I can't trust this car. This car has a smarmy voice. There's no way this car is going to not necessarily like I didn't <laughs> Because he wasn't necessarily an. This outright... car sounds like Captain Hammer. Yeah, he wasn't an outright villain, but I was like, "This is this is not a car to be trusted." Nathan Fillion's smooth, smarmy voice is uh uh-uh. uh like I don't know why, and I like the fact that he wasn't necessarily a big antagonist in terms of like 
actively working necessarily against the other cars, but, like, you could tell his interest was much more in the money than in the individual, which isn't a great place to be, obviously, from my perspective. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I absolutely wouldn't call Nathan, the, the Nathan Fillion character a, a yeah. villain. He's definitely an antagonist, and he's definitely, I'm not gonna call them a good person. Yeah, but he's not but there. But it's very clear that their motivations are, we're taking the safe conservative bet that gets us the most exactly. money. and not we're not willing to take this risk. yes um which i appreciated like that is definitely a mindset that a lot of people have especially within you know areas where it's about making money and <laughs> that's where you know the the funny marketing thing came in where i was like this is beautiful and golden and they're just acknowledging how <laughs> how cars makes money um through its marketing in like the real world so i i I don't know, I thought that he kind of, he worked. He set up the opportunity for Lightning to to have this kind of big final moment in an organic way where, like, it made sense why this race mattered just because of, you know, the deal that he made with that car. And I also just appreciated him for the sole fact that it really made me think about Nathan Fillion's voice. And I was like, yeah that guy has a really smarmy voice, which I have never thought about before. Because <laughs> I always, I mean, you know, I think of him as obviously Captain Hammer is snarky, and, you know, I think about him in Firefly, and he's not, I wouldn't describe him as smarmy in that. He's like, you know, but. No, he's pretty smarmy he's in smarmy, Firefly. But he's like loving smarmy, not like ew smarmy, which is what he is in Captain Hammer and what he is in Cars. Yeah, but, he's like, he's like melty like butter smarmy. Exactly. So I was very excited just to hear his voice again. I didn't realize how much I missed it, but I heard it and I was like, Nathan, my, my boy. So I was excited about that. Um, you want to talk about Cruz as a character? What? what Do you it? want to talk about Cruz as a character? Sure. Now that we're kind of on the path of talking about the individuals, talking about lightning, talking about, Smarmy McQueen. Yeah, what did what did you what did you think of Cruz Ramirez? Um, I related to her a lot <laughs> in terms of just like her own insecurities and her own no pun intended drive. Ha ha. Ha ha. Yeah, definitely not intended. <laughs> um, I. I believe that. <laughs> I didn't think about that for a second before saying it. No way. I think if I'm being honest, initially, I was like a little bit off put by her because of like the training that she was doing with Lightning. And obviously you're supposed to because Lightning is frustrated by it. But I was also just like, why are you like, I get why she wasn't putting him right off the bat into like, you know, the full simulations and stuff. But I, I don't understand why she was treating him as like weirdly juvenile as she was. And that kind of put me off initially then I started to really like her because of like you know she's got all of this enthusiasm and she's really goofy and she cares a lot about the people that she's working with and I you know I thought that those are really admirable qualities to have no I I absolutely agree I think most of the the negative emotions that at least I felt towards Cruz in the beginning of the film were very much explained as these are concepts and ideas that were instilled in her through the company she had worked yeah. with and 
the experiences that she had going into that company. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I think once once you really start to see her outside of the context of the company, like when she's working with lightning on the sand and when she's, you know, getting excited about Yeah, like once we once we get rid of the, the frills of the treadmill and all of the, <laughs> the concepts of the all of these like we're gonna throw a lot of money at the technology we're working on instead of actually building on ourselves. Once we get rid of that, that's when I think that lightning and cruises chemistries really shine yeah through i really appreciate seeing those two together outside of that context yeah absolutely and i think again like their relationship is really fantastic because not only does it kind of do this really wonderful progression of like her being the person who's supposed to be the mentor into being obviously the person who he lightning is mentoring instead like, you get these really great in-betweens where, you know, she is motivating him and he is teaching her and they're both building off of one another when they're kind of in that in-between before they officially, I guess, officially make the shift of, like, him mentoring her, you know, in the in the final race. But, like, you know, they push each other and he pushes her to see herself as somebody who has value and capabilities and really can pursue the stream that she has. And she pushes him to acknowledge that there are things beyond racing for him in terms of, you know, working hard and being kind and caring for others. And I, you know, it's always nice when you have two people who like work for each other's self-growth because, you know, you often get into that trap with films where there's like the side character whose only purpose is to like help the protagonist become better. And you don't have this here. Like, they're both working to make the other one a better person. And then at the end, she gets to be the one that is learning from Lightning. So it's like, you don't, she's not just there to help him. Like, he's also just as equally there to help her. Yeah, that's really nice. It is really nice. See, nobody gives Cars the credit for being as emotionally wonderful a film. Like, it is all about relationships and self-growth, and you get that in the third film, and it's really lovely, and the characters are working for one another, not against one another, and it's just... It's just nice. It's just real nice. It's just real nice. I appreciate Cruz as a character having finished the film. I, I think... I do feel a bit annoyed by her in the beginning of the Mm -hmm. film and i i'm not i did come around to the whole like oh we're gonna be like this like goofy yoga instructor kind of thing yeah i kind of i kind of liked i mean i totally get in the beginning it drove me insane and i think specifically because like (laughs) she's supposed to like you empathize with lightning yeah but i also you know as i don't know like i think that's something that a lot of teachers do like it is a legitimate strategy of motivation especially when you're well I mean lightning is an adult but like I worked with teenagers and like part of it is just being goofy and being motivational when the other person doesn't want to do what they're doing because you know oftentimes high schoolers don't want to be in school and you know lightning didn't want to be doing the yoga that he yeah, was just doing. keeping a positive spin yeah, on so, things but also and like being actively goofy and like modeling joy and excitement and that's really hard to do when the person you're working with doesn't want to be there. So I think it, like, it takes a lot of, I don't know, chutzpah, if that's the right word. It takes a lot of, I don't know, it takes a lot of care to 
care enough for, for like multiple people and also to be goofy. And it also set up that really lovely scene where Lightning was doing the yoga for her to like apologize. And I just thought that was really cute. Like that yeah. was such a sweet way of also showing value. And then also, oh my God, full circle at the end when he was mentoring her and like he was feeding her these lines, a lot of the lines that he was feeding were, her were things that she had said to him or other people. So it also shows that like not only had lightning taught her, but like she knew all of this herself already. You just sometimes need that other person to remind you that you know. But like, yeah, and it's also it's also an acknowledgement of lightning coming like really putting together how good of a trainer Cruz really yeah. was. Yeah, it's also advice that lightning had sort of taken for granted at the beginning of the film. He he didn't see this as like something that had value until he was in the moment and saw what the value was. Yep, and it also showed that he remembered her words, right? Like, the the simple fact that he... Yeah, he listened yeah, to he, her. he actively and, listened. Took that in. Yeah, which was so great. There was one specific moment that, like, really stood out to me in terms of Cruz and Lightning's... Well, in terms of Cruz as, like, you know, a a female car who is obviously getting into the super male dominated field, as we know, because literally none of the cars who race have ever been voiced by a female, um, by a woman. Yeah. And that is something that is reflective of real life. What? That is something that is reflective of real oh, life. Yeah. Or the, the NASCAR sport in general is fairly male dominated. Yeah, um, exactly. So, and they've also, well, they established later, well, in terms of the timeline, it's something that isn't verbally addressed until we get to a moment where Cruz is talking with Lightning and she's kind of talking about the first race that she got to and how she kind of saw all these other racers and just didn't feel like she fit in and she couldn't do it. And she never overtly mentions gender in that moment, but, like, to me it was very coded as, like, she was surrounded by all of these male cars and like didn't see herself fit into that space as a woman and again i could be totally misinterpreting that but yeah, like it's... that's the way that i saw it and there's yeah it's never explicitly stated but she does say something along the lines of like these people didn't look like me they didn't act like yeah. me which could also refer to, and to race as it... well um absolutely even if it isn't specific to gender it is absolutely something that people like, it's, an, it's an, an acknowledgement that people need representation in all aspects of yeah, their life. Yeah, absolutely, and how important that is. And it came full circle because there's this really awesome moment where Cruz wins, and it pans to all of these women, like, in awe, being excited. It pans to the, st the statistician who's, like wrong and it seems to be so excited about being wrong like she's so surprised and baffled and excited to see Cruz beat the odds and it pans to um the Lightning McQueen fan the little car who like always has the little the like all of the Lightning stuff and she's like yelling Cruz's name and she's obviously has like so enamored by this new you know star racer and I think it pans oh and it pans to the 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 school bus from the like 
the oh, what's it called like the demolition derby that they, they like accidentally entered the the crazy eight yeah um so it, you get this montage of all of these other women like celebrating the excitement of having Cruz be the winner and like that just meant so much to me in terms of like you said this representation and how impactful that representation can be for all of these other cars to see themselves specifically the young McQueen fan I think that one is the one that hit me the most because now she as a young car has this this model to look up to as sort of this potential of what what she can be and what she can do um but I just thought that was like... Yes, and it's also acknowledgement of how powerful representation be because Cruz grew up as a McQueen fan. Yeah. And you have this McQueen fan who's acknowledging that they can do better with their role model by having someone who looks and, for all intents and purposes, is a much better representation of who they want to be in that exactly. Um And it was just like such a wonderful... I was really excited by by that final scene. I think that it, it was like done really, really well. Um, and they do, they do at one point specifically mention gender when they're talking to the old racers. And I, I don't remember her name, but there's another, another female racer who's talking about like when she broke into the field and how, you know, other people didn't want her there. She became part of the racing world and how difficult that was. So I think that's the the time that they, first like overtly acknowledge it but yeah that little montage scene after she won was just like i just i remember watching it and just being like so overwhelmed and emotional and excited and i i just loved it very much um and there's also like a specific line that i i paused the movie and i specifically rewound it to write it down word for word because i loved it so much when cruz is talking with lightning um and she kind of tells him for the first time that she did want to be a racer and tells him the story of how she couldn't she didn't feel like she could do it after her first race and she says when you showed up to your first race how did you know you could do it and lightning says i don't know i just never thought i couldn't and i think that also speaks to representation right like he was born into a world where he saw all of these other male race cars he saw these other race cars that looked and presented like him being successful and it was just yeah of course he can do it like the world is telling him that he can Whereas Cruz is this character who didn't fit in. She didn't see herself within this world. She didn't have the mentorship. She didn't have the role models that, that you know, looked like her to tell her that this is a place that she belonged and this is a thing that she could do. And I think that that speaks, like, so much to things now. Like, you know, women in STEM fields and, like, all of these other spaces where we don't talk about just the privilege of having someone you can look to within a field that that is representative of of you, you know. So, I thought that was a really well-crafted line. <sighs> yeah. So that's my rant. That's that's what I got to say. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. Um is there anything else we wanted to Um well, I want to know if you cried. I know that the scene that made me cry didn't make you cry, but I still want to know if you if you <laughs> did have a scene that made you cry. Uh, I cannot say that this movie made me cry. That's pretty fair. Um, did this, you want to talk at all about your like, uh, the the predictability of this film makes it very difficult for me to fully emotionally vest into like the more emotional scenes. 
the the scene that specifically made you cry, I did not have an emotion have such a strong emotional response to specifically because Lightning went in with this very risky maneuver. He didn't have to rush through his pit stop. He didn't have to go through all these things. And it's it's been established that this car, because of the make and model and training of the car itself, is going to be faster than him. Yeah. And I think it was a nice acknowledgement and nod to the first film, where in the first film, he rushed through a pit stop and had a, a fairly not nearly as devastating accident but a still damaging accident but that was based on both of these cases were based on his ego but that was more his cockiness mm. whereas at this point he's acknowledged the importance of a pit stop the importance of maintaining himself but he's so desperate to try and keep up with this this new guy and doesn't have the means to get ahead that he should at that point in time that he tries to that, that he he does this desperate bid to rush through his pit stop and try and get that few second advantage and I don't know, like, knowing that this is going to happen, especially because it's a very clear nod to the first mm. film, this is very clearly, this is not something that is acceptable. You need to be able to maintain yourself. You need to be able to keep yourself well-oiled. <laughs> so I, I, didn't, I didn't feel for it. And I don't think there's, there's any point in this film where I get so emotionally invested in a character... And something occurs that would that that causes me to cry. That's fair. But no, I do I do genuinely believe that Paul Newman's death did impact the the script to have Lightning really become the the spiritual successor. Yeah. For Doc Hudson. Yeah, and it was it was done in a very sweet way. Like I don't know I. And again, just to go back to the like the beautiful the beautiful emotionality of Cars. Um, you know, to have a character who's really kind of dealing with the death of someone they care about is really, like, I thought that was really nice in terms of how much he still cares so much about Doc. Um, and you can really feel that in the film. Like, you can feel his respect. You can feel how much he misses him. You can, you know, even in, you know, he's trying to search after people that Doc knew just to be able to talk about him with, with others and try to seek guidance from Doc in kind of these roundabout ways. And I don't know, again, it just speaks to how, how impactful people can be on the lives of others. And I think at the end of, like, at the end of the day, that is probably why I love Carr so much, because it is, it is really about the impact that we have on each other. And it is really just a journey of these characters learning how to be the best for themselves through being the best that they can be for others. And that's that's just that's just such a that's so good. That's just so freaking good. Like that's ah, uh, so beautiful. And you know what? I would I would pay to see a Cars 4 that's just Cruise mentoring the next generation of racer and then we just get a Cars for every generation. Right? Like yeah. I would. I. I, would I think like that, that would be specifically interesting because Cruz is this like wonderful in between of like 
obviously caring very much about the older generation, but also being forward thinking enough to know how to utilize the tech and the skills of the new generation. So I think it would be really interesting to see her teaching somebody else how to move forward and honor progress while also understanding where that progress came from. Right? Because, like, I am always going to be that person that's like, yeah, like, moving forward is important. Growing with the times is important. Um, Just being stuck in the past isn't going to get you anywhere. And she's this great, I don't know, she's like a great bridge character. And I think I would love to see her whip the newbies into shape. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Cars is, Cars is Heck great. Yeah. Everyone, go watch Cars. Also... Love it. Please. Please, it's so it's so good. It is so much more than just cars. <laughs> also, for all of you, and Andy, I know you've said this before, who were like, but why are they cars? It doesn't matter. It is a sweet movie. It is a sweet movie regardless. Also, I've been thinking a lot about that. And I remember when I was a kid, and I used, I don't know if this is just a me thing, so please, please God, now I'm just gonna, maybe this is really weird. But like, I used to pretend that my cars were alive. I didn't think too much about no, the. I didn't matter. think too much about the fact that I was inside of them. No, but it okay. really does matter. <laughs> okay, no, but did you? There, there has to be a narrative decision as to why no. there are cars. It has to have some sort of. No, it, it can't just be they are cars just for the sake of being but cars. The... I think this film does a much better job of defending the fact that they are cars because it actually focuses on the race much more than than just being on the outskirts of town city. Like it's. Well, I think that as Pixar, which is just, you know, thinking about the way that kids think, I think it is enough to just say, hey, I wonder, I wonder why. I wonder what would it be like if the world were cars? Just what if? And just taking that what if and going with it, that shows curiosity. It shows interest. No, no, but you could have that what if. But then if that scenario is identical to what could just happen in the real world, then why bother? Because it's fun! Why not? Because when I was a kid, I used to pretend that my car was alive. I used to talk to my car. I used to, like, when we were driving sometimes, I would play a game where I would, like, me and my friends, we would, like, talk to our car and we'd, like, egg it on. And whenever it passed, another car would be like, yeah, good job. And we'd pretend we were in a race. I used to take some of my snacks that I was eating in the car and put them in the little cup holder next to my car and pretend that I was feeding my car to give it snacks so that I had energy to keep driving. So don't tell me that this isn't a wonderful way of taking a kid's imagination and just running with it. I thought that was so cool. Are you telling me that... That, that you as a child were making blockbuster films <laughs> with your imagination? No! Are you telling me that, that this, you seeing no. other cars is alive, was you developing no. a full narrative that was meant to no, make money? No, I am saying that what the narrative of cars does so well <laughs> is it create, it does the, it does the thing that I couldn't do as a kid. It takes my weird little childhood imagination that's like, yeah, of course cars are alive. Like, I'm going to talk to my car. I'm going to feed my car. Of course. What else? And it turns that little tiny instance of weird childlike imagination and runs with it to do the thing that a kid couldn't do, which is, you know, obviously make a franchise of films. Well, no, but like that, that is an acknowledgement to what Pixar does in Exactly. But like that's... But I don't think that that's an argument for or against necessarily 
cars as a as a film itself what, what do you mean i i think that that is not an argument that cars is good no but i think it is an argument for like it not i don't i think i i don't think that that is an argument that cars is good i do think that an argument for cars being bad is that they take this interesting narrative point and they don't do anything with it well i still love it I think there there's plenty of things you can do of being a car, and I think this film does a much better job of doing it with the scene of them being in the in the bullpen and like having to maneuver through the the pickup trucks and all the not the pickup trucks, the tractors. Like you can't you can't do that with a live with a with a real person you can't just throw a person into a room full of cows and expect them to live yeah but you know what i don't care the, if if cars had like any amount if, if cars one had any amount of scenes that had them actively do something that wouldn't have just made sense for them to do as an ordinary well, the person whole turning on dirt be... thing is a specific car thing like when i'm running in the dirt i don't turn right to keep running left that's a specific car no but that was more they were this is a nascar film and that is specific to them being on the racetrack yeah but that's a specific it's a specific thing that he has to learn for the sole purpose that he's a car yeah and i think that that's the same you could have that scene with real people well, I love it anyway, and I think it's super cool, and I think the fact that they were able to make cars that are as emotive as they are is really awesome. Even if it's just, why not? I mean, I don't just, I'm, again, I, I'm not 100% negative on Cars. <laughs> I think Cars is a decent film. It's a beautiful, wonderful, glorious film. It's not the best Pixar film. It's definitely not the worst it's Pixar up there. film. It's it's definitely higher on my list than most people would have it mm-hmm. on theirs. Probably not you, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, and like, I'll defend the film as a film. It, it is definitely something I will go back and rewatch yeah, at times. me too. And I wasn't expecting to say that about Cars 3. I was expecting to like it, but be like, okay, I'll keep just watching Cars 1. Like, that is, that is the film that I love. But you know what? <laughs> I will definitely come back and watch the third one. And I will probably now watch the second one. Because as I've already established, I'm going to have to gift you with a just hardcore argument that Cars 2 is the best. I'll, yeah, oh, it'll absolutely. happen. I'll, I'll look yeah, forward to it. That'll, we'll, we'll save that for an episode near your birthday where I'll, I'll just have <laughs> to like not budge on the fact that it is a cinematic masterpiece. So that'll be fun. Can't wait till we find my cars too. <laughs> oh man, yes. Well, although I I know that you there, love Wally like more than going... me, but also but okay, also but Wally, Wally is, is good. actually yeah. a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> okay, oh, like... sure, sure. <laughs> no, you're you're right though. I should probably rewatch Wally, but we'll we'll get there. It'll be good. I'll be on the lookout. I'll be on the lookout for a movie that I think is atrocious. Where I'm like, you know what? I think Andy could make a case for it. I think he could do it. I think, I I honestly feel like this podcast is going to slowly turn into me defending films that have seen otherwise not great reviews. I mean, same. 
I love to be a contrarian. That's that's pretty much. We've done this here. We did Shrek Four. Yeah. I I definitely want to talk about Toy Story. We got to build up the films that other people don't want to acknowledge are good. You know. <laughs> you gotta give them their time in the limelight. You gotta you gotta bring them out to the real world because. It's not their fault. The film that came before it just sucked, you know? They can't help that. Cars 3 can't help the fact that Cars 2 was... Well, I can't... Or or was too good <laughs> in Toy Story 4's defense. Yeah. So, it'll... it'll is that's, that's what makes this interesting. That's why you come here for our opinions, you know? We're gonna, we're gonna say the stuff that other people don't have the courage to say. Yeah, that's why all four of you come here for all of our opinions. Yay. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about Cars for now. Stay until yeah, I watch I, the second I, one. I believe I have also expended myself about Cars at this point. So that was very exciting. I hope you all go and watch Cars 1 and Cars 3. Stay tuned for when we all talk right. at some point about Cars 2. Uh, so next week we will be discussing season one of BoJack Horseman. Yay! Now, now for something completely different. Yay! <laughs> uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. That being said, we have been Animation Meditation. Uh, you can find us at AnnieMedPod at Gmail and at Twitter. If you'd like to reach out to us, ask us any questions, discuss anything that we've talked about tell in the us, past, feel free to... Tell us how much you love cars. You know. Yeah, tell us how much you yeah. love cars. You know, I want to know... The vehicle, not the movie. Oh, yeah, as we've established, I love the vehicle. Yeah. Ooh, if you want to... But yeah, please, I can't be the only one who loves cars this much. And if I am, I will still not change my mind. <laughs> I will remember <laughs> that. Uh, well, that's cool. all I have to say. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, guys. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>